0: Before we dive into message today, I wanted to ask you to please be in prayer for our law enforcement officers. If you've been paying attention at all, there's an absolute attack on our men and women who serve us. um, And we need to be in prayer for them. And uh, it's just unfortunate as we watch our nation... Somewhat, a lot of our own cities here turn their backs on those who uh, protect them, and uh, it's just a shame, and it's hit close to home uh, as well. Um, Just need to pray for protection over them, pray for our troops as some of them are being deployed out, Um, and if you're paying attention to biblical things, um, if you haven't noticed, China and Russia are becoming a little bit closer. Thanks to the United States doing what it's doing, but uh, if you hadn't figured it out, we need to be in prayer, and that is so important, so very important that we pray, lift up our our world, our country, our nation, our world, and and just all those that everything around it. I mean, God's hand is here. We found that out this morning uh, through studying about Jacob heading out to uh, Laban and all the deception that Jacob had had given all of a sudden had come back to him. Um, but even though it was deception after deception, God's hand is still in spite of, uh, as we said in Sunday school, in spite of all the fingerprints that man puts all over everything, God's plan and will is still done. And so, uh, very, very good, um, lesson this morning in Sunday school. If you are looking for a place to come to be a part, um, we have all types of classes and, um, uh, we would love to, for you to come and be a part. Uh we have um an older uh, couples class or older folks class and that is um taught by Toddle. When I say older what I mean by that is um older. And uh and then uh we have uh, a ladies class that's for um the older ladies. Uh what I mean by that is uh, ladies uh there there's women in there and, and mature. mature ladies yeah. that miss Toopy teaches and then um we have our class, which is called the mixed up adults and because that 's what we are, and then we have the family enrichment and that is doug and uh then we have uh, a a younger group, but we don't care where you go as long as you're going and uh College and career kind of idea, and and that is taught by uh, Robert Smith. And so, does that, and then we have all types of children's. Um, So, we just want to invite you to be a part of that. If you're looking for a place to go, we would love to have you. Um, There's plenty of room. Uh, Some some groups, they serve breakfast, so if that's a prerequisite for you, feel free to bring breakfast when you come. All right. So, uh, just thought I'd take care of that. Uh, A lot of stuff, a lot of stuff happening, Uh, certainly want to continue to pray um, and just remember all that God is doing here uh, for us, all that God is doing, challenging us in life. Um, So many different things happening and just appreciate the prayers uh, from each one of you uh, for my family. Um, God is, God is so faithful uh, to us and we are so thankful Um, Kevin is uh, out of the hospital by the way Kevin Blackford he is doing better and we're so thankful for that but uh, certainly to continue to lift him up and others as well so all right before we keep going anybody else something I may have forgotten is that it so real quick just FYI um So Taylor and Christian are expecting, and so we're excited for them, and uh, look forward to to what God's going to do there, and uh, very, very excited, which means, by the way, that uh, Guy and Tammy are getting really old. Um, Good grief. Yeah. Guy, you're knocking on 60 there, buddy. I mean, Still still looking good, he said. Still looking good. That's it. All right. That is awesome. I don't have to have in my you don't have to have cheese. <laughs> he doesn't have to have cheese in his pocket. I like that, man alive! Wow, I'm going to get you, Tyler. All right. Well, listen. I want us to talk about something, and and, and let me just share this with you. This is this is going to take place as Christ is preparing his disciples for his departure. He he knows that his time is drawing short on the earth. As a matter of fact, um, he, he knows that, that, an, that it's going to affect his his disciples in such a way that, that he's going to give them advice that the church, that's what we were preaching on the church, and we're going to use Christ's advice to the disciples as what needs to take place within the church, and that's to love one another. He, he's going to tell his disciples that, that the most important thing for them moving forward is that the world, no matter how much it hates them, that they love one another. And that the world sees that they have love for one another. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to John chapter 13. John 13, and let's stand together as we read from God's word. Verse 31 Therefore, when he had left, Jesus said, now is the son of man glorified. Now, he's talking about Judas being gone. He's out of the picture. Judas is gone. He's gone to betray Christ. So he says, therefore, when he had left, Jesus said, now is the son of man glorified and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, he will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him immediately. Little children, I am still with you a little longer. You will look for me and just as I said to the Jews, now I say to you, Where I am going, you cannot come. I am uh, giving you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. That you also love one another. By this, all the people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Father, we thank you that you... Have given us a command through your son, that as the church, we are to love one another. You didn't say we're to necessarily agree on everything because you've given us ways to deal with dis- disagreements. You've given it to us in Scripture. But what you're saying that is that in spite of disagreements, in spite of things that we may not see at eye, eye on, we are to love. One another. And the reason that we're to love one another, Father, and we get it, we understand it this morning, is because if we can love each other in spite of our differences, the world will see that hatred is no longer a part of the church. Father, show us, lead us, guide us. We pray this in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. So Jesus is. It's set up, and, and and we're at a point where he has washed the disciples' feet it's at that last supper, and, and he's preparing them for his travel, for his leaving, and, and he says these things. He starts with this, and, and he says, listen, a new commandment that I give you, and that is to love one another. He is saying this because they're about to be put to the test. They are about to be hated. They're about to be dragged off in different directions to be persecuted and even killed for the sake of Christ. And and what he is saying to them is, listen, no matter where you head, no matter what differences may come up, no matter what takes place, your job as the light of the world, as the salt of the earth, your job is to love one another. It is a sad thing when as a pastor, you often hear this, oh, I cannot stand so-and-so. I hate them. Wow, that's your brother or sister in Christ. What an example. What a beautiful picture of the grace of God, right, when we say those type of things. I have uh, been parts of church splits. By the way, that's two words that should never go together, correct? Correct. Those are things that just make no sense. Church splits. It's, we're, we hate each other so much. We just we 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 just can't stand one another to the point that we're just gonna go out and, and we're gonna we're gonna get another church started just to show y'all that y'all are wrong. That's not exactly loving one another. But we have watched church splits. I have been a part of church splits. I literally have been the cause of a church split as a pastor. And there are people to this day that I know for a fact still don't speak to each other that used to sit side by side in a small town in Texas because of what happened at that church split. Instead of leading people to love one another, unfortunately, I had led people to pick sides. I didn't follow the commandment of love one another. I did not follow the commandment of pull yourselves together and above all things, love God and love each other. Instead, I let my grievances be known against men that I didn't agree with. And I said it out loud instead of praying about it. And those that were on my side are the ones that left. When I left, God called me to love one another. And I chose instead to split a church. In doing so, it caused great pain for my own family. And the real truth is the pain came because of the guilt that I held for not listening to what scripture said and loving my brother. So the deceiver is out of the room. Jesus now has the 11 that he knows love him. And he says to him, now is the son of man glorified and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him immediately. Little children, I am still with you a little longer. You will look for me and just as I said to the Jews, now I also say to you, Where I am going, you cannot come. I'm giving you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And the reason the commandment is given is in the next sentence. He says, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. The example that we set by loving each other in spite of our differences, loving each other even when things aren't maybe the way that we want them to be, loving each other, showing love, showing honor, showing respect, these are the things that love does, and, and, it, and this is the commandment that Christ is giving us even when we don't feel like it. There was a song a long time ago called Love is Not a... or the, One of the, some of the line in there was, love is not a feeling that you can use or throw away. But love is an action. Love is, is a calling that God has put upon our heart. We don't do it just when we feel like it. And so when the world sees the differences within the church, and yet its love is greater than its differences, then that becomes the salt of the earth, the light of the world, is the love that the church has for one another. This is the reason that Christ told us to love one another. And I want to read to you, I'm going to try to read it quickly. I'm going to try to read you the beautiful love of Christ. The beautiful love of Christ. This is in Mark 14. Verse 10 says, Then Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve, went off to the chief priests in order to betray him to them. They were delighted when they heard this and promised to give him money, and he began seeking how to betray him at an opportune time. Now, Judas has left, but let me tell you where Judas was before he left. Judas was at the right hand of Christ at the Last Supper. The right hand of the head of the table was one for the honored guest. Where did Jesus put Judas before he betrayed him? in a place of honor. Folks, that's the love of Christ. Had we known what Judas was gonna do to us, if we would've been Jesus, by the way, thank God we're not Jesus, amen? Had we known what was gonna take place, had we known that ourselves, and we were in the place of Christ, we would've called down fire and brimstone upon Judas and been done. But Jesus loved God, Loved the father, was obedient to the father, to the point that he even honored the one that would betray him. On the first day of unleavened bread, when the Passover lamb was being sacrificed, his disciples said to him, where do you want us to go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he sent two of his disciples and said uh, to them, go into the city and a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you. Follow him. Isn't that amazing that Christ knew what was going to happen? He didn't set this up. He didn't go to the man and say, Listen to that. This time I want you to be carrying this pitcher of water. Jesus knew he already was aware of what would take place. And he said, Follow him. In verse 14, and what wherever he enters, say to the owner of the house, the teacher says, Where is my guest room in which I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he himself will show you a large upstairs room, furnished and ready, prepared uh, prepare for us there. The disciples left and came to the city and found everything just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. Can you imagine being the disciples for a moment? And here is Jesus. He has told them exactly what's going to happen. He, again, he hasn't gone before them. He he just, he just has prepared it spiritually. It's all going to happen. The disciples head into town, the two disciples, and, and, and they find everything just as it was supposed to be. And then it says, and simply, they prepared the Passover. Can't you imagine within their heart, they're going, wow. This Christ, this one, we get to have the meal. He knows everything. And so verse 17 says, when it was evening, he came with the 12. And as they were reaching, uh, reclining, excuse me, at the table and eating, Jesus said, truly, I say to you that one of you will betray me. One who's eating with me. They began to be grieved and to say to him one by one, surely not I. But he said to them, it is one of the 12. The one who dips bread with me in the bowl for the son of man is going away just as it is written about him. But woe to that man by whom the son of man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been what? Born. Can you imagine hearing that about yourself? While they were eating, he took some bread, and after a blessing, he broke it and gave it to them and said, take heed, this is my body. When he had taken the cup and given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, this is my blood of the covenant, which is being poured out for many. Truly, I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine again until the day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. He knew he was about to be betrayed, arrested, fake trial, beaten, and crucified. But he knew two other things. He knew that he would be resurrected. And he knew that he was going to the Father. I don't know that it would have helped me necessarily. But you know that has to help him to know whatever I'm going through is for payment, for propitiation of the sins of the people. I'm willing to do it. Because I know that in the end I will rise again and I will ascend to the Father. After singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. You know, when we do the Lord's Supper, some people have asked me, well, why do we sing a hymn afterwards? Because that's what they did with Christ. And we always sing Amazing Grace. And can I tell you my favorite favorite song that this church sings and the favorite moment that it sings it is Amazing Grace at that very moment nothing gives me chills as a preacher and I'm not into all that feeling stuff but I'm telling you I literally will get chills whenever we sing that a cappella afterwards somehow some way God takes all of our voices who most of us cannot sing and he puts us on pitch and it's beautiful again that's the hand of God because I've heard some of y'all sing okay And Jesus said to them, you will fall, all fall away because it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I'm raised, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. Can I give you all something here that we can learn? When Jesus says something, don't argue. Right? Like just take his word and know that it's good and don't argue. But how many of you in this room are like Peter? Just go ahead and raise your hand if you're like Peter and you want God to know that you've got other ideas. Anybody else? Am I the only Peter in this room? Thank you, for those of you that are being honest. The rest of y'all a bunch of liars. I'm going to talk about that <laughs> next Sunday. Here's Peter. He's heard that he's going to betray Christ. Man, he, something's upset him. He's, but Peter said to him, even if all the people, if everybody else, so these other 11... Or these other 10, these sorry 10 that are in this room fall away, I'll have you know. I'll die with you. Hmm. Jesus said to him, truly I say to you that this very night before a rooster crows twice, you yourself will deny me three times, but Peter doubles down. Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And they all were saying the same thing as well. The moment that he's arrested, we see a different story, don't we? They came to a place named Gethsemane and he said to his disciples, sit here until I have prayed. And he took with him Peter, James, and John. And he began uh, to be very distressed and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch. And and he went a little uh, beyond them and fell to the ground and began praying that if it were possible that the hour might pass. And he was saying, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will. But what you will, can I tell you the greatest prayer that a person can pray is just that. God, you know my heart. You know how I feel. But what I want more than anything is your will to be done. In spite of how I feel, in spite of how I know things are going to turn out, God, I am going to trust you so your will be done. You remember when he taught the disciples how to pray? We always said, well, that's the... the, The the prayer of Jesus. No, the prayer of Jesus is found in John 17. The model prayer that he taught us how to pray. He said, your will be done. Remember? And here we are finding Christ doing exactly that, praying the same thing. And he came and found them sleeping, verse 37, and said to Peter, why not not call Peter out, right? Because Peter's the one who said what? No matter what, I'm gonna be right there with you. And he says, Could you not keep watch for one hour? And I imagine poor Peter. Got oh, the one eye kind of open, looking kind of like you, Kevin, right now, kind of one open. <laughs> and Peter falls back to sleep. Three times this happened. And we find in verse 42, get up, let's go. Behold, the one who is betraying me is near. And immediately while he was still speaking, Judas 1 the 12 came up accompanied by a crowd with swords and clubs who were from the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders. Now now he who was betraying him had given given them a signal saying, whomever I kiss, he is the one. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. You see, in Judas' mind, he thought that Jesus still didn't know what was going on. So he thought, I can go up and I can give a kiss on the, on Jesus' cheek here and they'll, they'll know immediately what is taking place. But Jesus won't have a clue. There's a problem that Jesus knew everything going on, right? So he comes up, he gives the kiss, he gives a signal. Immediately he went to him and said, Rabbi, and kissed him, and they laid hands on him and arrested him. But one of those who stood by drew his sword and struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his ear. And Jesus said to them, Have you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me, as you would against a man, inciting revolt? Every day I was with you within the temple grounds, teaching, and you did not arrest me. But this has taken place so that the scripture will be fulfilled. And the disciples all left him and fled. Can I tell you something? You have all been let down from time to time. Isn't that true? We have all been lied to. We have all been misled. We have all been hurt. And and, and can I tell you what you do with that? You do the same thing that Jesus did. We're learning here the beautiful love of Christ. We are learning. We're wanting to be like Christ. Well, then we need to pay attention to what he's doing here. They all leave him. And a young man, verse 51, was following, was following him wearing nothing but a linen sheet over his naked body. And they seized him, but he pulled free of the linen sheet and escaped naked. Verse 53 says, They led Jesus away to the high priest and all the chief priests, the elders and the scribes, gathered together. And Peter had followed him at a distance right into the courtyard of the high priest. And he was sitting with the officers and warming himself at the fire. Remember, Peter, who was never going to leave him, is now where? At a distance. Now, the chief priests and the entire council were trying to obtain testimony against Jesus to put him to death, and they were not finding any, for many people were giving false testimony against him, and so their testimonies were not consistent. And then some stood up and began giving false testimony against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that was made by hands, and in three days I will build another made without hands. And not even in this respect was their testimony consistent. And then the high priest stood up and came forward and questioned Jesus saying, do you not offer any answer for what these men are testifying against you? But he kept silent and didn't offer any answer. You know why? Because it says as a sheep before his shears, he was silent. Again, scripture being fulfilled. Again, the high priest was questioning him and said, Tim, are you Christ, the son of the the blessed one? And Jesus said, I am, and you shall see the son of man sitting at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven, tearing his clothes. The high priest said, what further need do we have of witnesses? You've heard the blasphemy. How does it seem to you? And they all condemned him as deserving of death. And some began to spit on him. Are you starting to see the love of Christ? And to blindfold him and to beat him with their fist and say to him, prophesy. And the officers took custody of him and slapped him in the face. And then we find the great Peter who's gonna stand with the Messiah. I'll be your rock. And while Peter was below in the courtyard One of the slave women of the high priest came and seeing Peter warning himself, or warming himself, she looked at him and said, you were with Jesus, the Nazarene as well. But he denied it, saying, I neither know nor understand what you are talking about. And he went out into the porch. The slave woman saw him and began once more to say to the bystanders, this man is one of them. But again, he denied it. How many times is he going to deny this to Jesus say? Three And after a little while, the bystanders were again saying to Peter, you really are one of them, for you are Galilean as well. His voice gave it away, his his accent. But he began to curse himself and to swear, I do not know this man of whom you speak. And immediately a rooster crowed a second time. And Peter remembered how Jesus had made the remark to him before a rooster crows twice. He would deny me three times. And he hurried on and began to weep. You say, Brother Tom, how do we see the love of Christ in this? Listen, Jesus knew that he would be betrayed. And yet he still gave advice, love one another. He still let them know, here's what you've got to do. He gave them instruction and direction. Even. Though they were going to fall apart, even though they were going to deny him, Jesus loved them anyway. You begin to see how powerful the love of Christ is. Can we tell you what else love does? Love restores. John 21, verse 15. And when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. (laughs) Can I just stop us for a minute? Can you imagine this conversation? Remember Peter, who was never going to leave him, right? I'm going to stand by you. I don't care if all the rest of these desert you. I'm never leaving. And then Peter denied him how many times? Three. And then Jesus asked him, do you love me? And Peter's like, well, how dare you ask such a question? Well, you, I'm the one who professed my love for you while all the others were going to desert you. But what did Peter do? He deserted him. He denied him. And he's looking at Jesus like, well, how can you ask that? I think a lot of times we're like Peter. We don't want to look at the obvious. We don't don't want to look at what's real in our life. We want to just pretend that everything is perfect. And so when things aren't right, when people bring things against us, all of a sudden it's like, how dare you think such a thing? He said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon said to him, Jonah, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, shepherd my sheep. He's putting Peter in that position. To build the church. To love the church. To shepherd the sheep. He said to him a third time. Simon son of John do you love me? Now Peter was hurt. Because he said to him a third time. I'm going to tell you what. Jesus was both God and what? Man. Do You think the man part of Jesus got a little bit of hurt? Physically, emotionally, there was all those things and he knew Peter was going to deny him. So it says here that Peter was hurt because he said to him a third time, do you, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. Truly, should I tell you that when you were younger, you used to put on your belt and walk wherever you wanted. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will put your belt on you and bring you where you do not want to go. Now, he said this indicating by what kind of death he would glorify God. When he had said this, he said to him, follow me. Peter was right, by the way. His timing was off. But he was right. He would follow Christ to death. And when it was time for his death and they were going to crucify him, what did they do? Peter said, Negative. You will crucify me upside. He wasn't worthy to be crucified like Christ. So let's go through some of these that we kind of learned from today and we'll we'll come to a close. Love your brother. If my brother attacks me, love your brother. If my brother attacks me, love your brother. If my brother attacks me, what's normally gonna happen? Be honest. We go on defense mode, right? How dare you? What's the Bible say? Love your brother. If my brother accuses me, check it for merit and love your brother. Here's part of what we have to learn to do as Christians, and this is something that I'm having to learn, and it's hard, it's not fun, but it's necessary. I've got to put people around me who are willing to ask me the hard questions. I was blessed a couple weeks ago by many me, little Tyler, who I love dearly. If you haven't figured it out, honestly, I love him, and I am truly thankful for Tyler being here. He has been a blessing. But I asked Tyler, I said, Tyler, if there's anything that you've seen in your time of being here that, I, that you think I need to work on and something that needs to change, I would appreciate you telling me. He got all excited, (laughs) sat up in the chair. No, we talked and he shared with me some things that, that he saw that I probably could work on. And there are things that I accepted, I received. I didn't necessarily like them. How many of you are married? Right? Your spouse ever try to help you out? And you take it as an attack? I won't lie to anybody. When my wife comes to me, she she doesn't come with malice. She comes to truly try to protect her husband. And a lot of times I'm like, I already know. Ask her, she'll tell you. Just like that too, the dramatic, you know? (laughs) I already know. But the truth is, I don't want to hear it because it's something that I probably already know better. But I have to hear it anyway, so she tells me, and I have to choose to love. No, I love my wife anyway. Loving one another is being willing to be open to one another. Loving one another means that I will receive what you have to say. I will check it. And, and, and if we find that there's truth, then I've got to deal with it. And that's something I've got to fix. That's why I love the fact that, that God has brought Denton back into my life, honestly, because he is someone who I can go to and ask questions to and know that I'm going to get an honest answer. Um, he's also mean to me and picks on me, but I still love him, right? But the truth is, I know I can go to him and get honest answers. I can get honest feedback. And as a minister, as a Christian, we have to put people in our life that we say to them, listen, you bring this to me. You, you, you make me take an honest look at my life. And then we have a choice at that point to either get angry about it, make it personal, or realize that someone loved me enough to say, hey, you might want to look at these things. And I'm thankful that that's what God brought a young man who keeps reminding me that he's almost half my age. Actually, he is half my age. More than half, sir. But he's brought a young man into my life who will sit down with me and say, hey, let me ask you these questions and these questions. And I'm thankful for that because that is how you grow. That's how you get challenged. and by the way we could not be more different I mean seriously which is kind of the reason I did this today because it was a joke as to how you are dressed but the reality of it is you and I could not be more different we literally see things totally different we do but the amazing thing is we are both trying to drive a bus the same direction so I've got to be willing to listen even if it you ready? Hurts. Right? I listen. And I love him. Now, when I, y'all all walk out today and you go by me, that is not the green light to tell me everything I'm doing wrong, okay? <laughs> I'm going to love you in spite of it, but I, I'm just telling you. You can tell you what else? Love your brother if he falls in sin. Love him and restore him back to the faith. You may tell you why a lot of our churches are broken? Because there's no restoration. You may tell you why a lot of our churches are broken? They're broken because we can't get over things that have been done to us, hurts that have been done to us. We're called to love people that we have rejected within our own lives. We have we are called to love people that have that have hurt us, that have looked at us and and with with malice and 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 we look back at them and and we say, well, that's how it's going to be. I want nothing to do with you, and that's exactly what Satan wants. He loves it when the pastor fails. He loves it when the church can't get along. You know why? Because we've lost our witness. The body of God, Pine Island, every other church out there, this is one that we have to learn to work on. When people fall, it doesn't say kick your brother. It doesn't say go out and tell everybody what your brother did. The Bible teaches us to restore our brother. I am thankful today. I, I, am, I am blessed beyond measure to have people in my life who are willing to look at me and say, you need to work on this. You might want to fix this. But they also tell me that was good. you kind of got to have a balance, right? And if your brother hurts you, you go to that brother and you say, hey, let's fix this. But folks, if we're going to be the lie of the world and the salt of the earth, no matter how different we are, we must love one another. Love is not a feeling. Love is a command given by God. May this church be the example to Waller County, Harris County, Austin County, Washington County of what love should look like. Fort Bend County too, we touched that as well. I would love to be the talk of all these counties for the same reason. Love one another. Let's stand together. Father, we have come to a place where it's decision time and we understand that within our hearts, we are sometimes very broken because we listen to our hearts. And Lord, if there is brokenness within this room, my prayer is that we will restore that today. If there is unforgiveness, that forgiveness will be given. If there is need for confession, because we've wronged our brother and we know it, may we own it. And Lord, as a pastor of a church, May I always be willing to listen and to examine what's been said so that I can make better the things I need to make better in my life. And realize that there are times that that I have to be willing to say, man, I wasn't right in that. I didn't handle that right. Because, God, what I want to be able to teach our church, as they're looking at me for the example, I want to teach them to love one another no matter what. Father, just allow this moment in the, at this altar, this time of prayer, to just be that moment to say, I want to get things right with my brother. We pray this.